0: I see it, even when I don't see it yet. By, Rev. Stephen A. Pagas. Introduction Having written books on taking God out of the box, I find that the same concept makes sense when used to illustrate the statement of faith in this book. I see it, even when I don't see it yet. By faith, we see the promises of God or answered prayer in our hearts and minds before we see it manifest in the natural. It reminds me of shopping for a product on the shelf in a store. We see a need and know the solution to the problem in our minds. It drives us to make our way to the market to obtain the thing we have pictured in our hearts. We already know what we are looking for in most cases. We have to find it. Once we find it and see it with our eyes, we mentally began to imagine that product in use in our lives once again, even more intently. Afterward, we see the benefit of purchasing it. The cost is worth it because it will meet a need or solve a problem we have in our lives. So essentially, we see it before we see it. Just as we put our faith in a product to spend our hard earned money on it, before we even open the box, we should put our faith and trust in God. 2 Corinthians 5 6 8 says, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that, while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. Scripture says to be home in the body or living here on earth is to be absent from the Lord. While also stating that we would rather be present with the Lord in heaven. So, we are to walk by faith, not by sight. We are to walk or live with heaven in mind or live in a way where being present with the Lord in heaven can be our reality. Live where we can experience glimpses of His glory here on earth as the Holy Spirit lives with us, in and through us. We should also take this principle of faith in mind and apply it to every area of our lives as saints of God. We should live with the word of the Lord written in Holy Scriptures, as our roadmap as we navigate this life and overcome various obstacles and trials. Luke eighteen twenty-eight to 30 in the Message Version of the Bible says, Peter tried to regain some initiative, We left everything we owned and followed you, didn't we? Yes, said Jesus, and you won't regret it. No one who has sacrificed home, spouse, brothers and sisters, parents, children, whatever, will lose out. It will all come back multiplied many times over in your lifetime. And then the bonus of eternal life. Jesus just made a statement to His disciples saying that He would bless them here on earth. He gave them something to look forward to here, letting them know that their labor or sacrifices for Him here on earth would not be in vain. It will come back to them multiplied many times over. The disciples could believe His Word, just as we can today. 2 Corinthians 1 in the NIV says, Jesus says yes to all of God's many promises. It is through Jesus that we say, let it be so, when we give thanks to God. So, we see from the text, surrendering our all to Jesus gives us promises from the Lord here on earth to look forward to, then the bonus, and the most amazing part, is that we get to experience eternity with Him in heaven. On earth, when we see it even when we don't see it yet, we get flashes or glimpses through His Word, dreams, and visions, all should be backed up by or line up with holy scriptures. There will also come a day when we will undoubtedly experience the Lord in His fullness. Until then, we must continue to walk by faith, not by sight. Chapter 1 we are walking by faith, not by sight, what we see with our eyes. 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Amplified Bible version of that verse says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Shortcode. I have often said faith is a direction, just like north, south, east, and west. Our actions should lead us in the direction of faith, the things we believe the Lord for. If we were looking for a job, Our efforts should be putting in applications and emailing resumes because that is how one obtains a job. We do this while believing God to put his super on our natural, blessing our efforts. In the past, when faced with rough trials and tests, I lost my ability to dream. For brief moments I allowed myself to become distracted by my unchanging circumstances. The only hope I found myself living by was hoping that change would come soon or wishing for some type of relief. I became overwhelmed by what I could see. After much prayer, God opened my eyes to see what I couldn't see in the natural, things only revealed by His Spirit. A glimpse of His plan for my future. If we are not careful, we get out of the constant belief in God's promises, faith, because we are so focused on the reality around us, and our emotions become the driving force behind our decisions and not trust in the Word of God. The world will tell you, if you want something to change, change it. With this mindset, they are operating from what they can see in the natural. But, unfortunately, Doing that takes a person from one place to another, not considering God's will. A consequence of this knee-jerk reaction is like the children of Israel in the wilderness in the Bible. They were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because they let emotions fuel their decisions and not faith in God's promises. Following this pattern is how many jump from one bad relationship to another or one lousy situation to another. Those people are moved by what they are seeing and experiencing in the natural, rather than by faith. Being driven by faith is walking in a manner consistent with having confidence in God. Galatians 5 16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking by faith and in the Spirit of God go hand in hand. We must be saved to walk in His Spirit. That is the only way we will be able to walk out a life that sees the abundance of God's grace revealed. Romans 8:24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Hope is a companion to faith. In Christ, no situation is truly hopeless, though it may look or feel like it. To quote Pastor Frederick Anthony of Old St. Paul M. B. Church in West Memphis, Arkansas failure is not final if Jesus is present. I love this reminder, it helps me remember that I can hope in Jesus because no situation is beyond repair. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love how the Amplified Bible breaks it down. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith is the confirmation, like a confirmation number for making a bill payment on the phone or online. The funds may not be deducted from your bank account yet, but you have confirmation that your account has been updated, giving you peace of mind, when we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk with assurance and conviction that what we hope for, things divinely guaranteed to us in the Word of God, is the way things are, even when we don't see it in the natural yet. We may not be experiencing it yet, but we know it in our hearts to be true. By faith, we wait in expectation and joy. We wait for it in laughter and singing. We walk through our trials knowing we may see storms today, but the sun is about to burst through the clouds. Although we are going through, we are not stuck. We are coming out, and things won't always be like this. We don't see it yet, but we know it's coming. We don't feel it yet, but our help is on the way. We see it by faith even when we don't see it yet. Faith is a knowing in your spirit. It knows something so confidently that no one can tell you otherwise. When you have faith, you are convinced that the thing you hope for will come to pass. A step further, faith is believing so much so that you see the result of what you believe for within your heart and it dramatically impacts the way you perceive and navigate through your current situation. You are living in the promises of God. You are allowing your joy to be made full because of your fellowship with God and confidence in Him, it's not based on circumstances. Walking by faith and not by sight is walking in victory. In Exodus 4, Moses was asked of God, What is in thine hand? It was a rod, shepherd's staff. To Moses, it could have symbolized something inadequate for the call God had on his life. He used to be in a great position of influence in Egypt before taking matters into his own hands to bring freedom to his people, the Israelites. They were slaves to the Egyptians. He recognized his calling as a deliverer but tried to make it happen out of season. He killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. He thought no one knew, but he fled and became a fugitive for 40 years when he found out his murder was no longer a secret. Moses found himself on the backside of the desert, tending a flock. God knew Moses had the knowledge it took to come before the king of Egypt and make a request, but Moses felt ill-equipped for the task due to past failures and present insecurities. The rod Moses had to protect his sheep in the desert could have been a reminder of how far he had fallen. But God proved to him that not only did he have a rod, but Moses had him. So, Moses just needed to walk into Egypt by faith and not by sight. God desired for Moses and us two to say yes to his will and walk focused on the promises and absolute truth of his word, not meditating on the set of circumstances that lie before us that we can see. Colossians 3 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. The Passion Translation of that verse reads, Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. The enemy of our souls wants to use the realities we see, hear, and feel to be a distraction to our faith walk. Our faith walk should help us keep our minds on what God's Word says from the Bible and believe that when circumstances arrive, that could get us out of faith and potentially begin to fear. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha sent word to the king of Israel that the king is Syria and his army looked to attack Israel, therefore foiling the plans of the Syrians. The Syrian king thought he had a traitor among his army, but he was told it was the prophetic gift in Elisha, from God, that revealed his plans to Israel. So, Syria's king looked to take Elisha captive. Later in a country called Dothan, Elisha was found. Elisha's servant warned him of the surrounding Syrian army, but Elisha said in 2 Kings 616 16-17, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. It was a heavenly host that God Himself had dispatched on Elisha's behalf, giving him the confidence to live boldly amid a dire situation. By faith, we can live in this confidence too. Our vision can be off in times of test and trials, let us pray for eyes to see beyond what we see. Prayer, Father, we acknowledge that we don't always understand Your plans, but we choose to trust You. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight that we may be able to say, Lord, I don't see it yet, but I see it by faith in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Chapter 2 Being effective in our faith walk. Hebrews 11:1 in the New International version of the Bible says, "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see." The Passion Translation says it like this, "Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen." In moments of heartbreak, disappointment, uncertainty, lack, frustration, and any other opposition, We can stay walking on the right path in faith and the perfect will of God. We have confidence and assurance that we will see His promises come to pass. But, if we are going to be or accomplish anything in God, it takes faith. So many times, we as Christians get out of our faith and become driven by many negative emotions, even speaking things contrary to what we know of God through His Word and our own life experiences. It can and will make our calling and service to the Lord and His kingdom ineffective. My desire in prayer is not to be the most gifted have the most opportunities, and be the most popular. I desire to always bring God glory in my service to Him and others in the Kingdom of God. I also want to be effective, always. Effective in winning souls for Christ. Effective in showing the love of God expanding the Kingdom of God. I even desire to be an effective witness and bring God glory by what I do and say on social media. We must walk by faith to be effective. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. It pleases God when we are effective. Therefore, we must seek Him to remain effective. Psalms one hundred nineteen, one hundred five 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Living out life without the true light of man, Jesus Christ, leads to a path of confusion. So many try one thing after another, hoping something works in life rather than walking by faith. Without faith, we cannot walk in that vision or sight that comes from God's Word. Moving forward by faith is like walking with a flashlight, if we shine it in the right direction, it will guide us step by step. We cannot see miles up the road with it, but we can see how to take the next step. Before making important life decisions, for the best results, we must seek the Lord for direction. He will give us the subsequent steps as we walk by faith. It may not even make sense why He is leading us the way He is, but we walk by faith, we move in the direction of his word when we get out of faith, we become preoccupied with distractions and focus on reflections of things that catch our eyes outside of the will and ways of God. They become our pursuit rather than keeping God's will in our minds. In Matthew chapter fourteen, when Peter got out of the boat to walk on water to Jesus, he became distracted by the wind and the waves. The children of Israel in numbers chapter thirteen became distracted by the giants in the land of Canaan, and it hindered their faith they were not waking by faith to have the vision to see it even when they couldn't see it, comprehend it or understand it. When it comes to people around us, we need to surround ourselves with people who can see beyond what we see. People who see the best in us, even when we can't see it in ourselves. People who will remind us of the truth in Scripture even when we are walking in a period of disappointment, worry, and uncertainty. Walking in faith causes us to look at how big our God is and not how big our problems are then we are less concerned about how we are perceived in the eyes of others when we take steps of faith that they simply don't understand. Walking by faith helps us to see it, even when we don't see it. God said the children of Israel would wander in the wilderness for 40 years, not obtaining the promise, at least the generation 20 years and older. They would find out how it is to have God against them. Wandering is what God allows to take place in our lives when we consistently choose to walk by sight and not faith. Until we make a change, it will make us ineffective toward gaining ground for the kingdom. It also lessens the glory of God that can shine through a life that is surrendered to God when we walk by sight and not faith. Many today are deceived but are quickly finding out that simply believing in God is not enough. James 2:19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. It is good that a person believes there is a God, but to walk in the benefit of God's best for your life, you must walk by faith and not by sight. It will cause us to do three things that we should do according to 1 Thessalonians 5 16-18, that is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Those are a few keys to stay in faith when things don't look like God's best. When you see even when you don't see it, you won't abandon your mission. You won't give up so easily on serving God or serving in your local church. Instead, you will seek God more intently and not give place to the devil in your life and relationships you will remain an effective witness for Christ and not have time to entertain distractions when you see it even when you don't see it yet in the natural you move with confidence because you know the result will be good you don't get bent out of shape and stay stagnant when setbacks and trials stand in your way second corinthians 4:17-18 says for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Amplified Bible says it like this, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Romans 8:18 8, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us when I see it, even when I don't see it, my steps are more prayerfully made, and everything that goes on in my life is working toward God's purpose for me. Everything I do is effective, even when I don't feel it. I remember, it's not by feelings. It's not by fickle expectations, by luck, or the flip of a coin, it's by faith. I see it, even when I don't see it yet. Because of this, I have discovered my calling, my passion, and pursue my purpose. I always have something more significant to look forward to. So, can you Chapter 3. Keep on believing. John 3 16 For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mark 9 23 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believeth means to believe or to keep on believing continually. So, when I am in pain, I believe. When I am sick, I believe. When I am heartbroken, I believe. When I don't know which way to go, I believe. When all hell has broken loose in my life, I continue to believe because all things are possible to him or her that believeth, continues to believe. Those that continue to walk by faith, assurance, and conviction of what is guaranteed in God's Word, and not by sight, will see it even before they see it. Mark sixteen fifteen to 18 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. To have all that God has for us, we must keep on believing. In other words, keep on walking by faith and not by sight. This scripture was written so we can see it, even when we don't see it yet. I'm reminded of the Journey song from the 1980s, don't stop believing. Can you imagine being Daniel in the Bible? He was given the king's favor and given much responsibility in the kingdom, see Daniel chapter 5. In Daniel chapter 6, others were jealous of him and tried to find some law or rule to find Daniel guilty. Unable to find actual or valid accusations against Daniel, they tried to use the laws of the time to manipulate the king into making a decree that would cause Daniel to be found guilty of being a lawbreaker. The legislation they asked the king to sign was that if anyone asked anything of anyone except him, the king, for 30 days, he would be put to death. That included asking things of God as well. The king agreed to the decree, which had to be honored according to their law of that time. Those against Daniel knew if he continued praying to God three times a day as he always did, he would be a breaker of the law according to the decree. Daniel was determined to walk by faith despite the order. It made the king sorry that he would have to punish Daniel for breaking the legislation. He thought highly of Daniel. Will we walk by faith as Daniel did, even when the whole world seems to be against us? Will we hold fast our convictions and be fully persuaded with our lives on the line? Daniel was found guilty of breaking the decree and was thrown in a lion's den. Many artists throughout the centuries drew pictures and painted paintings of Daniel sleeping on a lion and treating it like his pet. I don't believe he did that. I think he didn't sleep a wink all night. I believe he stayed as far away as possible from those lions. They probably walked by and sniffed him, even bumping themselves against him in the middle of the night. I imagine it was dark, and Daniel was unnerved all night long, but he kept believing. I'm sure he prayed in faith to God and was convinced he was able to deliver him. I imagine confidence arose in him even more, and he realized God had shut the lion's mouth and was sparing his life. When the king yelled down in the lion's den the next morning and asked Daniel if his God was able to deliver him, Daniel declared that God had sent His angel and shut the lion's mouth because He had committed no crime before God and the King. We may face hardness as people of God but honoring Him above all else will make us heirs of His abundant grace. Therefore, in the face of adversity, we must keep on believing even when it gets dangerous, dark, and uncertain. As a roaring lion, the devil goes about seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5 8, but the Father sent Jesus Christ to shut the lion's mouth. We have victory through Christ. God is not willing that any should perish. If we come to Him, believe in Him continually, and turn from the old way of living, repentance, we can begin to walk by faith and not by sight. When it comes to the promises of God in the face of misfortune, we can see it, victory, even before we see it. Prayer, Father, whatever opposition we have today, help us to keep on believing in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 4. Moving at the right pace at the right time. When we walk by faith, We are moving forward and not becoming complacent. Complacency is self satisfaction and makes us unaware of the more significant issues we are creating by being stuck in the same place or mindset long term. Complacency shows a lack of faith in what lies ahead and becomes a coping mechanism to facing or going through issues of life head on. Fear is a paralyzer. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and love, and a sound mind. When going in a walking motion, we move each leg and foot up and down as we bend our knees, kick our legs out slightly, and step forward. However, we don't walk with both feet in the air. When paralyzed, we are unable to do so. As we are walking, it shows us that there are ups and downs to moving forward, but we must do so if we seek to get from one place to another. When walking, we can move forward through various terrains and conditions. Some of it may be through slippery floors, bumpy roads, uphill or downhill, symbolic of life in general, facing a wide variety of trials and obstacles. In Christ, we not only go through them but in the end, we will be standing victoriously on the other side of them. Something we don't experience if we allow fear to paralyze us. We put faith in our feet and legs without even giving it a second thought when seeking to get from one place to another. When we walk by faith and not by sight, God provides us with the strength and the ability to be flexible enough to navigate through life's many twists and turns, not even giving it a second thought because our faith is firmly in Him. When the terrain changes, we adjust accordingly and keep moving forward. We may walk one speed on asphalt, but we walk at a different pace with ice and snow. No matter the season we find ourselves in, we have the ability from God to keep moving forward. Every season, every environment has a pace. The pace is the continuous speed we have. So, for example, in walking, it's the speed and distance of each step that determines the pace. Cars have speedometers that show the pace at which they are moving. Pace for the child of God is to be steady and consistent with His. In music, the drum player helps keep the pace, if the drummer slows the pace, the other instruments slow down, if the drummer speeds up, the other musicians tend to speed up. God is like the drummer, we must keep up with His rhythm in life. When we had snow and ice on the roadways recently, many people had accidents and suffered injuries or death because they tried to travel at the same pace or rhythm as others who were moving at a higher rate of speed. They also tried to keep the same pace as they usually do when the roads are clear. We must seek God about the pace at which we are to walk. Not look at what he is doing in the lives of others in competition because we are all built differently. Instead, we must seek him for our rhythm. Sometimes we get so caught up in seeing the destination, must remember God is just as desirous of us seeing the pace and rhythm and walking in it as he does the results. Everyone will tell you about their opinion on your pace, but you must hear from God concerning your speed for the season you are in. Similarly, a low-riding car may not be able to navigate as quickly through the snow as a 4x4 full-sized pickup truck with all-terrain tires. The vehicles have different traction and sit at different levels. Their abilities are different. The car handles better when the roadways are clear. The car may also get stuck in the mud. The truck, however, will go through it and may even pull the car out of it. God has given us all different abilities we are to use for His glory but don't let the pace and power of others make you feel inferior or like things are not happening fast enough for you. God has you at a different pace for the season and environment you are in. So keep moving forward. Noah built the ark. Hebrews 11:7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith he put himself in the right position to receive and live from God's best. He moved with fear and reverence towards God to build an ark and protect him, his family, and many living creatures from a flood that would be brought on by rain, something he had never seen before. The pace of his mission was slow and methodical, yet I believe he put everything he had into it to build it just like God said. 2 Peter 2 5 called Noah a preacher of righteousness. He only saw his family saved, but what a testimony! Out of all the people in the world to be saved, God chose Noah and his family. Out of all the people on the earth now to be saved, God chose you as one of them. He decided you should build His kingdom and become a preacher of righteousness so others can have the opportunity to find salvation too. 2 Peter 3 8-9 says, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The pace and rhythm God has for our life right now may seem slow, we may feel it's taking a long time, but it is nothing to God. We must remember when it seems He is a long time bringing about His promises that He is not slack concerning His promises. When we see it, even when we don't see it yet, it's important to move at the right pace, at the right time, trusting His timing. Prayer, Father, we thank You for being a good Father, one who loved us so much that you were not willing that any of us should perish, but that all come to repentance. Thank you for hearing our cries of repentance and helping as we navigate the ever-changing terrain of this life. May we live in a way that honors you as we boldly stand up as preachers of righteousness and seek to lead souls to you, Jesus, our ark of safety. Help us not to become impatient with processes that we go through in this life but find ourselves content with keeping pace with you, the author and finisher of our faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 5 Being fueled by dissatisfaction. To walk or live by faith, we make the continual choice to believe the Word of God even when our situations don't line up with what we are believing God for at any moment. As a result, we see ourselves walking in a better state, one of satisfaction, even when all we see or feel around us is dissatisfying to us. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we walk in full assurance and confidence that we will find satisfaction in God's plan for us. We will begin to find satisfaction and fulfillment as we continually seek God and have fellowship in His presence. We'll realize He's equipping us for where He is taking us. Walking by faith causes us to find grace and walk in thanksgiving while on the journey. Fueled by dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction sounds like a bad, ugly word. Still, it is often dissatisfaction that gives us that extra push to pray, prepare, and move from one situation to the next or one level to the next, from dissatisfaction to satisfaction. People who become dissatisfied with their jobs because it doesn't fully meet their financial needs often seek another career. Dissatisfaction is the fuel needed to pursue more for themselves and their family. If it's warm in your house and you're dissatisfied, you see the satisfaction in being cooled off, so you move to the thermostat to adjust the air temperature to where you feel it will get you to a place of satisfaction. Then you walk or wait out the process from being warm and dissatisfied to where you are cooled and refreshed. You saw yourself being invigorated before you got there. Your faith in the action moved you to act. In the process of being cooled off, you enjoy the cool air as it hits your skin and begins to satisfy your needs slowly. It brings great relief, and your body is renewed. Similarly, we can find comfort and refreshing in God when we walk by faith as we go through life processes. From one season of lack to another of plenty. From a season of pain to a season of healing. Walking by faith can give us peace in the process until we get to the promise, from a place of dissatisfaction to satisfaction. To be dissatisfied or to have a feeling of dissatisfaction means to lack satisfaction. It means not to be pleased. Do you know how it feels to be dissatisfied? Dissatisfaction signifies the presence of an unpleasant emotion, which triggers a desire and determination to escape. This determination puts pressure on individuals to act. We often look at it as a bad thing, but God usually allows dissatisfaction to nudge us out of our comfort zones and search for that which satisfies. God created us all for a purpose, And we won't fully find satisfaction in life until we walk by faith into that purpose. That purpose will always point to God, give Him glory, and be found in Jesus Christ. As stated previously in this book, faith is a direction, just like north, south, east, and west. We find satisfaction when we walk in the direction of faith. If we believe in God for something, our actions should lead us in that direction. So again, walking by faith will always point to God. Dissatisfaction can be found in looking back. When we were once living or walking by faith and experiencing the satisfaction of the abundant grace of God and slow down in our pursuit of Him, we eventually find ourselves dissatisfied with life again. It is God's way of allowing our circumstances to be the thorn in our flesh that leads us back to relying upon His grace again. Psalms 107 8-9 says, O that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. The genuinely good and satisfying things we desire out of life come from a life focused on glorifying the Lord and hiding His Word in our hearts. Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalms 1 1-3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we are not satisfied with the ways of this world. We tried many ways and came away feeling frustrated, depressed, broken, lost, and empty. We had fun in the world but no true satisfaction. We became moved by our emotions and lacked genuine stability. When we put our faith in God and His purpose for us, we will find we are like trees planted by rivers of water. We will find satisfaction in our walk with Him, who not only gives us life and strength. He also makes our way productive and prosperous. He will give us favor in situations and get much glory out of our lives. Prayer, Father, we praise and worship You. You are worthy. We thank You for the times of dissatisfaction that You allow to come into our lives. We find that they fuel us and make us determined not to settle on one level when You have called us up higher. Dissatisfaction gets our attention in times when we have slacked off, settled, and need to refocus. We commit to renewing our faith walk, and we're determined not to be moved by what we see. May You get the glory out of our lives and souls be added to the Kingdom as they find that true satisfaction from You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Chapter 6 don't go to the grave with treasure within you. Philippians three twelve 14 in the King James Version says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also, I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's look at the message version to simplify the verse a little. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward, to Jesus. I'm often running, and I'm not turning back. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we cannot rest on our laurels or past accomplishments. Instead, We must continually reach out to Christ, who has reached out to us and is beckoning us onward. I was a decent basketball player ten years ago, maybe even seven years ago. But I can't reasonably go out and challenge someone the same as I would have then because I have not put the work in. I haven't stayed in shape or even been shooting around and practicing. So, the last time several of us were together on the basketball court, I stood on the sidelines and watched. We often make monuments of past achievements. Have you ever seen seasoned people sitting around talking about the things they did in their heyday? As Christians, we talk about things that happened 25 or 30 years ago. It's great to reflect and remember those things the Lord has done in and through us in the past, but past achievements should be viewed as good stepping stones to more important things. It is God giving us glimpses in the past of greater things that lie ahead in the future. Every encounter with God is designed to make us desire more of Him. In the world, if you hunger, you eat until you're full and satisfied for the moment. In the Kingdom of God, if you desire Him, the more you have, the more you want. There is no full. In looking back, we didn't have it all together and don't now, but we must continue pressing into Jesus and coming to discover our purpose and true calling in Him. In a past book I wrote, I quoted Francis Chan, saying, our greatest fear should not be of failure but of succeeding at things in life that don't matter. We often press to have the most money, big house, nice cars, and clothes. We push to keep up with the Joneses, have the most online followers, build our brand or businesses but to attain all God has for us, we must press for the prize only found in Him. The late Dr. Miles Monroe, a legendary general of the faith, was quoted as saying, the wealthiest places in the world are not gold mines, oil fields, diamond mines, or banks. The wealthiest place is the cemetery. There lie companies that were never started, masterpieces that were never painted, books that were never written. In the cemetery, there is buried the greatest treasure of untapped potential. There is a treasure within you that must come out. Don't go to the grave with your treasure still within you. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we see the treasure by faith even before seeing it manifested in the natural. Our job is to make steps, in the direction God would lead us to go in, to make it happen. In doing so, each day, we will accomplish all God has for us. We stay in His will as we journey. The safest place in the whole world. Hebrews 12 2 says, Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus is the only way we will obtain the full treasure of untapped potential. We should be determined that we will not let moments slip us by. We are often running and not turning back. Let's decree and declare the following today, we will not be hindered by our past failures. We will not be victims of our past or present environments. Others' opinions of us will not handcuff us. Our own self-limiting beliefs will not hinder us. We will not give in or give up in moments of frustration. We will remember that things are never hopeless. We will not forget that failure is never final in Christ. We will give no place to the devil. We will dismiss destructive habits. We will release every toxic relationship. We will seek godly wisdom for the journey. We will be teachable and surround ourselves with people who are hungry and passionate about God we will allow ourselves to be poured into by warriors in the faith. We will learn from good and bad experiences. God's will is going to be accomplished in our lives. We will press. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We will see it, even when we don't see it yet. We will not go to the grave with treasure within us. We will experience God's best for us here and now and throughout eternity. God will get the glory out of our lives. In Jesus' name. Chapter 7 Regaining our focus and bouncing back from things that blindsided us. Something to think about today is how life on this side of heaven has a way of blindsiding us. Things can come out of nowhere, leaving us stunned. So many of us allow what happened to keep us from moving forward, and we have a fear of being blindsided again. To be blindsided means to catch someone unprepared. It hits you from a position you were not looking at or focusing on. It reminds me of something that happened when I was a kid, 30 plus years ago. I was getting to the age where I began to talk disrespectfully to my mother when she instructed me to do something or even asked me a question. Then, one day, I made a rude comment, and she blindsided me with a backhand. My vision became blurry, and I saw stars, just like in cartoons. I soon regained my focus. That blindsiding blow made me more conscientious of my actions going forward. I was able to learn from my mistakes and do better. Even though it helped me in this instance, I'm not promoting backhanding your children. 2020 blindsided the world with a pandemic and changed how we have been doing life, church, business, family reunions, get-togethers, and live events ever since. We've all had some things blindside us. Those things should not cause us to live in a continual state of timidity and fear. The vision the Lord gave us about our lives and ministries will be fulfilled. We must continue to walk by faith, not by what we see with our eyes, 2 Corinthians 5-7 in the Passion Translation. When we are blindsided, our vision can become blurry, and we must endure the pain of the blow. It's hard to see things far off, nonetheless, deal with what is right in front of our faces after a painful blow. Once we take a moment to regroup, we must regain our focus. We cannot afford to allow setbacks from things that have blindsided us to keep us from moving forward. David, in the Bible, experienced one disappointment after another. But to become what God had purposed for him to be, he could not stay there wallowing in a state of disappointment. He had to encourage himself in the Lord. First, David was blindsided by King Saul's jealousy. Saul was the king of Israel, he was so jealous of the spirit of the Lord upon David's life that he threw a spear at him on more than one occasion and even set him up to be killed. David had been a faithful servant to Saul, so the king's reaction blindsided him, causing him to run for his life. David spent many years wondering what he did to cause the king to be so angry with him. He wanted things to go back to normal, but there is no going back once some things blindside you. In 1 Samuel 27, David and his 600-man army joined themselves with the Philistines, a major enemy of Israel, David, who is known as one of the greatest worshippers and praisers of all time, lost focus and said, in verse 1, One of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. NIV. In 1 Samuel 29, David and his small army of men found themselves in the good graces of Achish, a Philistine king from Gath, one of the five Philistine city-states. David and his men were able and willing to fight battles alongside the Philistines who were about to battle with King Saul and Israel. However, the lords of the Philistines didn't trust David and his men. They felt that David would betray them and use this battle as a chance to get back into Saul's good graces. Against his own will, Akish had to blindside David and his men with the message that they could not join the Philistines in battle. After dealing with the disappointment of David and his men not being trusted to fight alongside the Philistines, in 1 Samuel 30, he and his men went back to camp where they had left their families, only to find the place on fire and their loved ones had been taken captive. This situation blindsided David and his men once again. The men became angry with David and sought to stone him, blaming him for their misfortunes. David was suffering one blow after another. At that point, David had two choices, snap back at the men, living by sight, or seek the Lord for help, live by faith. It hurts when things happen to the ones we love, and we often seek someone to blame, even ourselves, when unfortunate things happen, but we must continue to trust God and move forward. It's not so much what happens to us but how we respond that determines the outcome in our lives. One night, back in the year 2000, my sister, brother-in-law, and nephew died in a car accident after a revival service at church. When they were about to drive out of the parking lot, my mom told me to flag them down, she had something to give them. I ran behind their car and tried to flag them down to get them to stop, but they smiled and waved back to me and kept going. Later a couple of miles down the road, they died in a bad wreck. I wrestled with the thought of what if? If I could have done something differently, maybe they would have stopped and still be alive today. This turn of events blindsided our whole family. It took the wind out of our sails, and things were hard. It just didn't seem real. We had a moment where it knocked us back and left us stunned, but we had to get up, continue having faith in God, and keep walking by faith. I had to trust God's sovereignty in the situation and not continue blaming myself for not being able to get them to stop that night. 1 Samuel 36-8 says, And David was greatly distressed, For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. David had to encourage himself in the Lord first to regain his focus, not dwelling on the things that had been happening. God's answer caused David to see it, by faith, even before seeing it in the natural. He was encouraged and had confidence in the Word of the Lord that their way would be victorious and prosperous, and it was. Let us not lose heart today when blindsided by life's many circumstances but regain our focus. Encourage ourselves in the Lord and seek Him for wisdom to move forward. Romans eight twenty eight 28 in the Amplified Bible says, And we know, With great confidence, that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together, as a plan, for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His plan and purpose. Your vision may not be clear due to unforeseen tribulations. It may be one thing after another happening in your family, on your job, or in your church. You were blindsided, but this is your encouragement not to stay at the place of disappointment. Move forward in great confidence. If you're going to live in victory, If you will recover all and fulfill God's purpose for you, follow David's example. Begin to encourage yourself in the Lord and what you know of Him to be true. Seek the Lord for wisdom and to regain your vision. You'll be able to continue walking by faith and not by sight so you can see it, even when you don't see it yet. Chapter 8 Conclusion, Revelation of our Identity Will Take Us There To quickly recap, 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. The Passion translation says it like this: For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. Hebrews eleven one in the Amplified Bible says: Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith is the evidence or information indicating that a belief is true, even when it is not seen yet by natural means. When we walk by faith and not by sight, we walk with assurance and conviction that what it is we are hoping for, things divinely guaranteed to us in the Word of God, is the way things are. In other words, I may not be experiencing it yet, but I know it in my heart to be true. Our issue as Christians is this, we are often trying to achieve what God says we already are and obtain what Scripture says already belongs to us if we are trying at all. When we have a true revelation of our spiritual identity and walk in it, we won't have to beg God to answer our prayers. Neither will we take adversity and spiritual warfare lying down. We will no longer speak negatively about ourselves, nor will we waste so much valuable time trying to outdo or outshine anyone else. We will find strength and comfort in who God made us to be. A true revelation of our spiritual identity will also give us a more significant outlook on life's circumstances that can easily weigh on us. No matter the situation, we will realize we are blessed. We are blessed. Even from the beginning, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God blessed mankind and saw that we were created very good and gave us dominion on the earth and said to subdue it or, bring it under control. That is our identity as Christians today, people who God chooses to walk in our call to subdue the earth for the glory of God. In Acts 17, the people of God were labeled by the world as people who turned the world upside down. Rather than sitting back and accepting things that may come against us or upon us in this life, we realize we have the blessing of God upon us and begin to take dominion over those things in prayer, bringing those illnesses, situations, and environments under kingdom control. Whatever part of the world we are in, we turn it upside down for the glory of God. Deuteronomy seven eleven to 15 says, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments, and the statutes, and the judgments, which I command thee this day, to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep, and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which He swore unto thy fathers, and He will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee, He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of thy land, thy corn, and thy wine, and thine oil, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which He swore unto thy fathers to give thee, a place of victorious living. Thou shalt be blessed above all people, there shall not be male or female barren among you or your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. I'm a witness of being healed many times over by simply not laying down and accepting illnesses and other situations. I was healed of high blood pressure by the grace of God. I have spoken to broken down vehicles and dead car batteries by faith and the cars never gave us any more trouble. I have asked for wisdom, and God gave me the strategy to fix things I had no prior knowledge as to how they worked. We are blessed as people of God but must walk by faith and not by sight to walk in the place of dominion and subduing. It's not that we won't experience seasons of trials, this isn't heaven, but we are given strength so that we aren't allowing our situations to get the best of us. It may knock us down for a moment, but we get back up. We cannot subdue things under our feet lying down. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye, when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out, and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We are blessed even when our circumstances don't seem to reflect that. This world will always show us things contrary to God's word, things from a carnal perspective. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith is what makes us different, lights when there is darkness all around. Like salt, we as people with a kingdom identity preserve and enhance. In food, salt dehydrates bad bacteria cells and inhibits bacteria growth. In other words, it hinders or prevents the development of a harmful substance. As Christians and kingdom citizens, we are to be salt in the earth, standing in the gap to prevent the kingdom of darkness from oppressing and destroying God's people. We should be active in winning souls. We are also called to enhance like salt as well. We should make others better through the love and character of God we possess. We should carry His presence, walking by faith, not by sight. John twenty twenty nine. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Blessed are we who walk by faith and am not by what we see with our eyes. Luke 24 50-51 And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them, and carried up into heaven. The last thing Jesus did before he left the earth was to bless his disciples. After going to heaven, He sent His Spirit so that we could live in a perpetual state of blessing upon giving our lives to Him. All Jesus said could be ours in Scripture became ours when we placed our lives in faith in Jesus Christ. Surrendering our lives to Him in repentance, confessing our faith in Him and receiving the gift of His Spirit, we are blessed. 2 Corinthians 9 8 And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The Passion Translation says it like this, Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace, so that you will have more than enough of everything every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. We must see it, by faith, even when we don't see it yet. We must have a revelation of our identity in Christ to overflow in abundance to every good work. Anything we seek to achieve for the Kingdom of God must be done out of a place of identity. We walk by faith and not by sight when we walk in our God-given identity. We won't try to be like anyone else when we know our identity. His sheep know His voice, another, a stranger, they will not follow, John 10 4-5, because they know their identity. In Exodus 1.12, the people of God lived with the blessings of God upon them, and their enemies couldn't stand it. Scripture says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. No matter what the enemy tries to throw at you or how he tries to bury you, he forgot you were a seed and couldn't be kept down. So, who are we in Christ exactly? I borrowed this from joycemeyer.com because I like the way she broke it down. I am complete in Him who is the head over all rule and authority, of every angelic and earthly power, Colossians two ten. I am alive with Christ, Ephesians 2 5. I am free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8 2. I am far from oppression and will not live in fear, isaiah fifty four fourteen I am born of God, and the evil one does not touch me 1 john five eighteen I am holy and without blame before him in love ephesians one four first peter one sixteen I have the might of christ 1 corinthians two sixteen philippians two five I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding philippians four seven the spirit of God, who is greater than the enemy in the world, lives in me 1 john four four I have received abundant grace and the gift of righteousness and reign in life through Jesus Christ, Romans 5.17. I have received the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, the eyes of my heart enlightened, so that I know the hope of having life in Christ, Ephesians 1:17-18. I have received the power of the Holy Spirit, and He can do miraculous things through me. I have authority and power over the enemy in this world, Mark 16:17-18, Luke 10:17-19. I am renewed in the knowledge of God, and no longer want to live in my old ways or nature before I accepted Christ. Colossians three nine ten. I am merciful. I do not judge others, and I forgive quickly. As I do this by God's grace, He blesses my life. Luke six thirty six to thirty eight. God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians four nineteen. In all circumstances, I live by faith in God and extinguish all the flaming darts, attacks of the enemy. Ephesians 6.16. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ Jesus, who gives me strength, Philippians 4.13. I am chosen by God, who called me out of the darkness of sin and into the light and life of Christ, so I can proclaim the excellence and greatness of who He is, 1 Peter 2.9. I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purpose, through the living and everlasting Word of God, 1 Peter 1.23. I am God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works that He has prepared for me to do, Ephesians 2:10. I am a new creation in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5:17. I am dead to sin in Christ, my relationship to it is broken, and alive to God, living in unbroken fellowship with Him, Romans 6:11. The light of God's truth has shone in my heart and given me knowledge of salvation through Christ, 2 Corinthians 4 6. As I hear God's Word, I do what it says, and I am blessed in my actions, James 1.22, 25. I am a joint heir with Christ, Romans 8:17. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me, Romans 8.37. I overcome the enemy of my soul by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, Revelation 12.11. I have everything I need to live a godly life and am equipped to live in his divine nature, 2 Peter 1:3-4. I am an ambassador for Christ, 2 Corinthians 5:20. I am part of a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a purchased people 1 peter 2:9 i am the righteousness of god i have right standing with him in jesus christ 2 corinthians 5:21 my body is a temple of the holy spirit i belong to him 1 corinthians 6:19 i am the head and not the tail and i only go up and not down in life as i trust and obey god deuteronomy 28:13 i am the light of the world matthew 5:14 i am chosen by god Forgiven and justified through Christ, I have a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Romans eight thirty three, Colossians three twelve. I am redeemed, forgiven of all my sins, and made clean through the blood of Christ. Ephesians one seven. I have been rescued from the domain and the power of darkness and brought into God's kingdom. Colossians one thirteen. I am redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty. Deuteronomy twenty eight fifteen to sixty eight, Galatians three thirteen. My life is rooted in my faith in Christ, and I overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done for me. Colossians 2:7. I am called to live a holy life by the grace of God and to declare his praise in the world. Psalm 66:8. 2 Timothy 1-9. I am healed and whole in Jesus. Isaiah 53:5. 1 Peter 2:24. I am saved by God's grace, raised with Christ, and seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2:5-6. Colossians 2:12. I am greatly loved by God. John 3:16. Ephesians 2:4. Colossians 3:12. 1 Thessalonians 1:4. 1, I am strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Colossians 1:11. I humbly submit myself to God, and the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. James 4, 7. I press on each day to fulfill God's plan for my life because I live to please him. Philippians 3:14. I am not ruled by fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me his power love, and self-control, 2 Timothy 1 7. Christ lives in me, and I live by faith in Him and in His love for me, Galatians two twenty. Can you see it now? You are blessed with everything you need in Christ to live an abundant life. No longer do you need to look ahead with spiritual binoculars to try to get a glimpse of the blessing God has in store for you. We must first look in the mirror and declare, I am who God says I am and can do what He says I can do. We used to say this in YPWW, Young people willing workers, when I was growing up, let our lives be the mirror that reflects the image of Christ. We have what we need to fulfill our purpose when we have surrendered our lives to Jesus. It's in walking by faith and not by sight that we grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ, it's then we can walk into the fulfillment of those dreams and visions from God and see them come to pass. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, now is the acceptable time for salvation if you haven't surrendered your life to Him. Ask yourself, Do you believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God? Do you believe He died for your sins and mine, has risen from the dead according to Scripture, and is now sitting on the throne on high? The Bible says, He wasn't willing that any of us perish, but all come to Him in repentance. 2 Peter 3 9 1 John 1 8-9 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans five twelve says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you believe God has the plan for your life here on earth and for you to spend eternity with Him? Are you ready to surrender your life to Him and accept His plans? It doesn't have to be a fancy formal prayer, just speaking to Him from the heart. Start by calling upon Him in repentance of your sins and surrender, right where you are. Decide with His help to make a complete turnaround, yielding to His sovereign will by faith. It will be the best decision you'll ever make. Find a Bible-believing church for discipleship and next steps. It's essential to surround yourself in a loving, godly environment of people that will help you become rooted in His Word and grow in your knowledge of the Scriptures. You will begin to find your spiritual identity as you grow. Prayer, Father, we praise You worship You, and lift Your holy name. Thank You for helping us find our identities in You and boldly step out by faith to accomplish all You have purposed for us to do in this life. Give us the ability to see ourselves as You see us. Help us stay focused on You and walk in victory, not only over sin but also over fear, worry, guilt, frustration, loneliness, despair, or brokenness. May we be the salt and light You have chosen before the foundations of this world. Thank You again for a new identity in Christ Jesus. Now may we begin to see it even when we don't see it yet by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes the reading of I See It, Even When I Don't See It Yet. By Rev. Stephen A. Pagas. If you have enjoyed this content, please go to Amazon.com and leave a 5-star review. Thank you.